Hey, could we pray? And then uh, I'm going to get into the word this morning. And uh, I hope you've come ready for something because I have something. Are y'all hungry this morning? Amen. Praise God. All right. Okay, let me pray. Father, I love you. Father, I am so grateful for such an amazing church. I'm so thankful, Father, that you would allow me to pastor to a Christian fellowship, that you saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself, and that you've allowed me to stand on this platform and to preach the Word of God to your amazing people. I'm so thankful for the family of God in this church, my family, and I so thank you. Father, I pray that you speak through me, that your words would would speak and minister, and that people's hearts would be open. They'd be able to hear. They'd be able to receive, and that, Father God, your strength and your grace fills our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I have been teaching on God's prophetic promises in 2017 for you and your family. The word prophecy means future. You and I are a prophetic people because you and I have a future. God has a plan for you and for your family, not just for 2017, but for the rest of your life. Then when my life ends in this life, God has a plan for me in the next life. Listen, God has not forgotten you. God has not overlooked you. God is not, I felt like that before, you know, that God had overlooked me somehow. He has not overlooked you. And I want you to be strengthened and encouraged as we talk about these promises that God has for you and your family. I want to encourage you it's the end of the month, and I've preached four sermons in January, of course, four Sundays, and I would just like to encourage you, if you had time in the next couple of weeks, to get on our website, tcf.church, and listen to those messages again, because it really is setting up the entire year, and it'll bless you. Most of my messages are 25 minutes. They're never longer than 30 minutes. I listened to a podcast this weekend by a guy that was two hours and 37 minutes long. And so mine are 30 minutes, okay? And so, you, and I wanted to listen to it. I wanted to hear what the guy had to say, but it was two hours and 37 minutes. And so just get on and, and feed and, and you'll be blessed and encouraged, amen? Now, let me just do a little bit of review. What did I talk about last week? Well, one of the things that God said was is that he wants you and I to grab a hold of the word of God this year which means to take time to read the Word of God, take time to listen to the Word of God. I'm so thankful that you're in church because you're hearing the Word of God this morning. And I talked about the word infuse, and that word means a pouring in that gives life. Listen, when you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit pours life into you. Jesus said in John 6, 63, excuse me, John 6, 63, Jesus said, my words, the Bible, they are spirit, and they are life. You see, the Word of God is alive. It's not just words on paper. It's living. God breathed it. And so when you read the Word of God, it infuses His life into you. When you listen to the Word of God, Vicki and I sat in the living room this morning, and all I did was get out my iPad, and I pulled up verses on healing, and I clicked on a button, and 30 verses came up, and she sat, and I just read them out loud. We were infusing ourselves with the life of God by hearing his word. Yeah, the next thing I talked about was that it's not a year for you to be in unbelief. Can I just encourage you? Decide to believe this year. Okay, I talked about not being an Eeyore. Remember I talked about the little donkey uh, in uh, Winnie the Pooh and how he he was kind of pessimistic. Okay, listen, I believe it takes no more energy 
to be optimistic than it does to be pessimistic. So it's not a year for unbelief. Listen, your kids don't have time for you to be in unbelief. Your mate doesn't have time for you to be in unbelief. Go ahead and decide. As I move into 2017, I'm going to believe. I'm going to trust God. I talked about it last week. I'm just going to reach out and take a hold of the promises of God. Now, I know you don't do it with your hand, but you do it with your heart. I love that last song we sang this morning, that it's never too late, that go ahead and believe and trust God. So we talked about that. Then the last thing I talked about, which so ministered to me, is that God wants to penetrate your heart with his word. You see, you decide this morning to open your heart. That's what the song said. And then I read to you out of Hebrews, and it says that the Word of God is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword. And then it says it divides or it pierces or it penetrates. Now, here's what it does. It says it goes into your spirit. It goes into your soul, which is your mind and your emotions. Then it said that it goes into your joints, and it goes into your bone marrow. Now, here's what's amazing. God's Word penetrates the deepest parts of your being, both spiritually and physically. Hebrews says that God's Word goes into the bone marrow. And I did a little study, and I found out that out of your bone marrow comes red blood cells, which produce oxygen that helps energize you, and then the white blood cells produce your immune system. Now, think about all the ways we're concerned about our immune system, and we're concerned about energy. Okay, Vicki loves those little gummy vitamins. Did anybody here like those gummy vitamins? She eats them like candy. She doesn't eat too many of them. But if it's gummy, she's going to eat it. She likes them. Now, I don't know if there's any vitamins at all in those gummy vitamins, right? They're just red and kind of chewy, and she, and she likes them. And I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not good vitamins, but she, we, we, probably a lot of you in here take vitamins. And I'm not against that. Here's what I'm saying, though. God's Word will affect your immune system. God's Word will affect your energy level. Hebrews says so. So when you take time to hear the Word of God, when you take time to read the daily verse, when you take time to get your Bible out and read your Bible, whether it's on your phone or your laptop or your iPad or you have a paper Bible, it infuses you with life. And think about all the places we go looking for energy, all the places we go looking for help, looking for hope, and it's right in the Word of God. Okay, that's review. Now, let me show you the next thing that God said he wants to do in your life this year. And this first one is two parts. So let me read it to you. It's a year for you to know your identity to get where you need to be. Let me read it to you again. It's a year for you to know your identity and get where you need to be. Now, let me break it down and talk to you about the first part. What's identity? What it means is who you are in Christ. Listen, I'm Rusty Gray. My parents are Harold and Luella. I have a family identity, okay? Vicki's my wife, and I have children. I have a family identity. But you have a spiritual identity, all right? Listen, if you've invited Jesus Christ into your heart, then you belong to the Father God, and you have a spiritual identity in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Don't miss this. You know what we need to do? We need to stop listening to what other people say about us, and we need to start listening to what God's Word says about us. And God wants you to find your identity. He wants you to find who you are. Now, listen to this. We try to find peace in all kinds of places. Two of the primary places we go is we look for peace in things, and we look for peace in people. And you're not going to find peace in those things. You're not going to have any peace, any victory, or any joy in your life if you don't turn to Jesus Christ. Now, listen, I did this a long time in my life. 
I looked to people to validate me. What do you mean validate, Pastor? I wanted people to tell me, hey, you're a great guy and you're doing a great job and I'm proud of you and you're a good husband and you're a good father. And I always was looking to people to do that. And can I just stop and say something? You are such a gracious group of people because there's never a Sunday that goes by that somebody doesn't come up and say, hey, pastor, you did a great job that ministered to me. And y'all are so kind to do that. But there was a time in my life that even when you did it, it didn't help me. It didn't encourage me, if that makes sense, because I didn't feel good about myself. Well, I began to find out who God said I was, and I began to allow him to validate me. And I stopped looking at things to validate me. And I love things, don't get me wrong, okay? I I mean, I have a beautiful, nice home, and I have a nice pickup truck, and God's blessed me in so many ways. But I know that those things don't give me life And then I've looked to people. And you minister to me immensely, but ultimately it has to come from God. Amen? All right, now I want to read a verse to you this morning out of Romans 14, 17. Romans 14, 17. Listen to what this says. It says, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, what's righteousness? Righteousness means you're in right standing with God, and that happened because Jesus died on the cross for you. You see, my Bible says that you and I can come boldly to God, not because of anything I've done, but because what Jesus has done. I get that in the kingdom. The second thing it says is I can have peace and I can have joy. And that the source of that is the Holy Spirit. The source of that is the kingdom of God. Now, now here's what I don't want you to miss. You see, we go other places looking for these things, and you're not going to find it. The place you're going to find it is in your relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to read you another verse. I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Now, this may be a familiar verse to you. I learned this verse early in my Christian walk, and this verse really helped me along in my relationship with Jesus Christ, and I believe that it'll help you. Look what it says. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, now stop right there. How do you get in Christ? Well, you get in Christ by accepting Jesus as your Savior. And once you do that, you are in Christ. Does that make sense? So it says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Now stop right there. One translation says you're a new person. The original language says that you're a new species of being. What does that mean? Well, that means the darkness that was on the inside of me is gone. And in its place is light and life and God. And I'm a new person. You're a new person. Now, continue on. It says, old things are passed away. I got great news. That old person you used to be, they're dead. You see, that's what water baptism is supposed to do. You die with Christ. See, that old Rusty died. He doesn't exist anymore. Now, every once in a while, he tries to show up when he hadn't had a Snickers, right? You seen those commercials, right? Okay, right? But, But that old person's dead. And it says, behold, all things have become new. Now, now here's what I want you to see. I'm talking to you this morning about your identity in Christ. Another way to say it is new creation realities. Okay, what do you mean, Pastor? Okay, first off, it's a process. You grow in this, and you grow in it by renewing your mind with the Word of God. And I want to encourage you not to let the devil steal your identity. Now, I've got something to help you this morning. Uh, I've got a sheet of paper, and what it has on both sides are verses and things that belong to you. If you will, it's kind of a list of your inheritance, okay? We talked about that this summer. And I have these copied, and they're at the red desk, and I have plenty of them. 
So what I would like for you to do as you leave this morning, I'd like for you to pick up one of these, maybe pick up one for your spouse, pick up one for a friend. I've got plenty of them. And then what I'd like for you to do is take this home and maybe over the next couple of weeks, read through this a couple of times, and here's what will happen. You'll find out what belongs to you. Okay, let me just read a couple of them to you. Okay, the, the one right here says that you're blessed. And then there's verses out beside of it that you can look out that prove you're blessed. Okay, the next one says that you're a saint. Now, if you told most people they were a saint, they'd say, no, pastor, I'm not a saint, right? But the scripture says otherwise. So you can look up the verses and prove it to yourself. Okay, this one says that uh, you're, a, you're the head and not the tail. Okay, which means the blessings of God are on you. Okay, so I've printed these, and they're real simple. You know, I don't want to get up here and just say, you need to find out your identity, and you leave and think, well, how am I going to do that? Well, I've made it real easy. So I have these out at the red desk, and I want to encourage you to pick one up and take it home with you and use it. Now, before I move on, let me just remind you, it's a year for you to know your identity. Here's the second part, to get you where you need to be. Now, let me just talk to you for a minute about that. God wants to take you and your family to a new place. Now, I don't mean move to a different house. I mean he wants to bring more grace, more blessing, more life, more peace, more health. Everything that you're looking for in your life, God wants to bring you on a journey to that place where you have a closer relationship with him. You're more aware of who he is. You hear his voice better than you've ever heard it. Listen, my relationship with God has so been growing lately. I mean, I just can't even explain to you. I mean, there's just a desire in me to be close to God. There's a desire in me to pray. There's a desire in me to read the word. And as I do that, my relationship with him is growing and becoming close and becoming intimate. And now, listen, it's for everybody. I had somebody tell me one time, you know, I really envy you because you're close to God. Oh, no. Anybody can be close to God, right? All you have to do is take time to desire it, and you can have it. So God wants to bring you to a place. Now, don't miss this. God's not holding you back. You know who is, right? You. Right? You, you're holding you back. God's not holding you back. Isn't that, isn't that correct? I said this a couple of weeks ago. You can talk yourself out of your dreams, or you can talk yourself into your dreams. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, what if I just decided in 2017, I'm going to find out who I am in Christ. I'm going to not doubt this year. I'm going to walk with God, and he's going to bring me to the place he wants me to be. That's what I'm talking about. So God wants to do what? He wants you to find out who you are in Christ. Grab one of these sheets on the way out the door. Take time this afternoon to read it. Then recognize God wants to bring you to a place of grace and life and love and hope. And you can have that and it's available to you. Here's the next thing I want to show you. The next thing is God wants to, <clears throat> excuse me, he wants to align your past. He wants to align your past. Now listen, I've got skeletons in my closet. And I've got that skeleton in there and I've got it dressed nice and it's dusted. And I have a big heavy door and a big lock on it that locks it so it doesn't go anywhere. We've all got things in our past. Amen? I've got them and you've got them. I heard somebody say on TV the other day, uh, we were watching a detective show the other night. And this, this detective said everybody has a public life, they have a private life, and they have a hidden life. I looked at my wife and I said, what's your hidden life? So if y'all know about it, let me know after the service, all right? I, that kind of scared me, right? 
Okay, here's the thing. God wants to do what this year? He wants to align your past. Now, let me just give you a simple definition for the word realign. You're going to love this. It means to change. And then it means to restore to a former position. Now, listen, what does that mean? Well, it means the things that you've done in the past that have jacked up your life, right? You know you don't drive your truck when you're all jacked up, right? Just a little advice there, right? Y'all know that? That was almost kind of a rap, wasn't it? I mean, kind of, kind of a country rap, right, maybe a little bit, right? Don't drive your truck when you're all jacked up. Okay, sometimes you've done, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, come on, thank you, thank you, yes. All right, my, my album will be coming out soon, amen? And it will be pretty short, okay? Listen, we've all done things that have jacked up our lives, and you know what God wants to do? Here's what he wants to do. He wants to restore those broken things in your life to their former position, In other words, he wants to fix it and make it okay. I want to read to you in Isaiah 61, and I'm going to read uh, verse 3, and uh, it's verse 3 and 4. And let me just read this to you, and I want you to notice a couple of things as I read it. It's in the Old Testament, and it says, to all who mourn in Israel. Now, instead of Israel, I want you to just recognize us as the body of Christ, and this is for you. Don't miss this. To all who mourn. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, lots of us have had mourning in our life. You may be even be in mourning because of things that have happened to you. So that's who he's talking to. To all who mourn in Israel, I'm going to give you a crown of beauty for ashes. What do you mean? God wants to fix and to restore and to give you back hope and to give you back joy. Let me keep reading. It says, to all who mourn in Israel, I'm going to give you a crown of beauty for ashes. I'm going to give you a joyous blessing instead of mourning. And then I'm going to give you festive praise instead of despair. Now, notice two words. He uses mourning twice, and he uses despair once to describe our lives. He's describing Israel. Hey, there's times in my life that I've been in mourning. There's times in my life I've been in despair. But what's God's promise? I'm going to crown you with beauty instead of the ashes. I'm going to give you blessing instead of mourning. And I'm going to give you a heart of praise and thanksgiving instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Now, you don't have to put the other verse up. It's okay. I don't want to go past that point right there. Here's all I want you to see. Listen to it again. God wants to realign or repair your past. And here's the next thing. He wants to realign your bloodline. And here's what that word means. It means to make new or to regroup. Now, let me explain something to you. And we've been talking about this. Your bloodline is anybody related to you. And God wants to minister to the people in your bloodline. And he wants to bring them to Christ. And he wants to heal them. He wants to restore brokenness in your family. He wants to bring you to a place where there's restoration and there's healing. God wants to do that. Let me read it to you one more time. What does he want to do? He wants to realign your bloodline. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago, God said that he was going to do what? He was going to crown us with favor. He was going to cover us with favor. And then he was going to put his favor on our bloodline. Now God's saying, I'm going to restore or I'm going to put back together, or I'm going to realign your bloodline. Now, here's my heart. Listen, I want everybody that's related to me in heaven for eternity. I don't want any of my family dying without Christ and spending eternity separated from God. I know you don't either. You can take a hold of this promise and say, God, you are at work in my family. You are at work in my loved ones. You're at work in my extended family. And God, you are realigning and you're restoring. Now, let me give you a little key to help you with this. 
Here's the next thing he said. In 2017, God wants to give you grace for forgiveness. Now, don't miss this. You know what we can think? What, what do grace and forgiveness have to get to do with each other? A lot of times you can't forgive without the grace of God. God wants to give you grace to forgive. Now, now here's what's on my heart. Here's what's stern. <clears throat> Many of us have fractured families. Many of us have broken families. Many of us have wounded families. And there's been mourning and there's been despair. And here's what God shared with me. If you will repent and you will forgive, God will restore what to you has seemed impossible. Or you can decide to stay in the brokenness, stay in the despair, and continue to walk in that. And I know people that have walked in it for days, for months, for years, and for decades. All of us in this room know people whose families have been broken for decades. Okay, pastor, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know what to do. Let me give you a little help. Just cry out to God. God, I want you to realign my family I want you to regroup my family. God, I want you to restore my bloodline, and I give it to you. And Father, I forgive those who've hurt me. I release them into your hands. I release them into your love. I let go. I want to read a verse to you. It's Colossians, excuse me, uh, Colossians 3.12. Listen to this verse. This is so good. This is New Living Translation. Since God chose you to be his holy people, to be the holy people he loves, don't you love that verse right there? Just stop right there. Doesn't that, doesn't that encourage you? You didn't choose God. He chose you. Will, that, he chose you, brother. He chose you. He chose me. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and with patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Can I read that again? Make allowance for each other's faults. Can I read that to you one more time? Make allowances for each other's faults. Would it be okay just one more time? Make allowance for each other's faults. Anybody in here got any faults? Amen. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. What's the Lord? Yeah, you want to clap? Go ahead. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God wants to give you the grace to do that this year. He wants to give you the grace to forgive. Now, listen. He wants to realign. He wants to restore. He wants to renew your identity, and he wants to get you to a new place. The key to that door is just to begin to say, Lord, help me to forgive. Help me to let go of other people's faults. Let me show you one last thing, and I'm going to be done. Here's the last thing God said in this. God wants you to look back at his call on your life and recommit to it. What do you mean? God wants you to look back on what God has done in your life, what he whispered in your heart, what you know you're supposed to do, and he wants you to recommit to it. All right, here's what I want you to do. Can you remember back what your life was like 
before you came to the light? Can you remember what your life was like before you said yes to Jesus? I can remember what mine was like. I can remember being young married and coming home from a party and being young married and drunk and coming in my home and my wife and I having a fight and I go into a fit of rage and I rip the freezer door off the top of the refrigerator because I'm in such a fit of rage, a drunken fit of rage and I'm that close to not being married. I'm that close to losing everything that I ever held valuable in my life. I can remember what my life was like. I can remember. Can you remember? Now, maybe it was a long, long time ago. For me, it was a long, long time ago. I was in my young 20s. I'm 61 this morning. But I can remember what my life was like. I remember the darkness. I remember the despair. I remember those times. And if you, you think back when you were young and, and when you can remember those times, and here's what God says. Listen to this. I want you to look back at what I called you to do. I've told you that story, right? Vicki and I are driving in Amarillo. And we pull up at a stop sign. I looked over at her and I said, hey, honey, I think I'm supposed to be in the ministry. Now, we're not even going to church. We're going to the beer joint, but we're not going to church. And you know what she said, right? Well, I think we ought to probably quit going to the bars. Well, let's take a step, right? Before we jump into this, before you start preaching, all I want you to see is I knew God wanted to use me. Listen, God wants to use you. God wants to use you, and he wants to remind you this morning of where you've come from. Now, here's one of the things that always amazes me. I'm amazed at people who think that there's any hope, there's any happiness, there's any peace in our culture, in our world, because there's not. You know it, don't you? Right? I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Will's got one too, don't you? Got the T-shirt. Amen, brother? Right? I've got the T-shirt. Listen, I know the world has nothing to offer. And I'm always amazed at people who are still out there, as my mother would say, trying to get blood out of a turnip. Okay? That's figurative speech, right? Yeah, blood out of a turnip. That's my little teacher over there. Y'all know what that means, right? The world has no life. They can't give any life. But listen, there's life in Jesus Christ. No, there's not life in religion. There's not life in do's and don'ts, but there's life in Jesus Christ. And here's what God's asking you to do this morning. He's asking you to look back at God's tug on your heart and when he drew you to the light and to recommit yourself to it. I want to read one verse to you. It's Romans eleven twenty nine. Would you put it up, please? <clears throat> For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Now, as I look across this room... From Jonathan all the way to Arthur. Every single one of you have God-given gifts. Every single one of you. Ray, who's sitting right there, he comes to my house and he does magic on my air conditioner and heater. That thing starts making weird noise. I, don't, I, don't, I pray over it, but it, sometimes it just doesn't quit. And the Holy Spirit says, call Ray. <laughs> He's gifted. Seriously. He's gifted. He's called of God. Every one of you in here are called of God to do something. And what does that verse say? It says the gifts God's given you, the call God's given you, he's not taking it back. Well, you see, Pastor, I haven't used what God's given me in a long time, and I don't think I have it anymore. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. 
And all God wants you to do is remember what he's done in your life, shake the dust off of you, pick yourself up, and start walking again. God has a call on you. Stephen and I were talking just the other day, and he said, God's doing so much in my life, it's making my head spin. God's just moving, 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 moving. Listen, God wants to do that in every one of your lives. Every one of your lives. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Amen? And recommit yourself in 2017. Man, I'm going to be all God has called me to be. And I'm going to use that gift, and he's going to show me what to do. Amen? All right, y'all stand up and let me pray for you this morning. Now, before I pray, before I dismiss you, I want you to know how proud I am of you. And as I look across this room, I want you to know I love you and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you saying yes to God. I'm proud of you allowing God to do in your life what he wants to do. I'm proud of you and I love you. Now, let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you this morning for such an incredible group of people. I'm thankful for the body of Christ at Tulia Christian Fellowship. And Father, I pray over them that their hearts are turned towards you, their hearts are stirred towards you, that 2017 is a good year, that Father God, you restore us, you heal those broken places, you bring your life, you bring your grace, you bring your miracles over us. Father God, I'm thankful for what you're doing, for your hand, for your healing, for your grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said... Amen. Please don't forget to grab yourself one of these sheets of verses at the red desk. Get as many as you need. I got plenty, and I love you, and y'all be blessed.